there are a lot of cards that are good for points. Mm-hmm. If you're in the American Express kind of interest category and you want to go into that space, the gold card is the way better card for points. For points. I want to be clear with that. Okay. Right. Okay. If you upgrade to the platinum, you're going to get shittier points, but you're going to get way more travel perks. Right. Hotel access, some credits for things, even like Equinox to a lower degree, mm-hmm. some access to like, um, you know, airport terminal, stuff like that. If you travel a lot, that's the way to go. A lot of people will upgrade from the gold card to the platinum card because they want to have a platinum card because it's obviously the next best up and I got to have that. And I would tell you that is largely a waste for most people, particularly the points conscious people. Mm-hmm. What you have to do when you look to upgrade any credit card is you have to look at their annual fee if they have one mm-hmm. and try to figure out how much money you're going to make back from using those perks and you have to actually use them. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am one of two hosts. I am Chris Nahibi, and that over there is the one and only Saeed Omar. Hello, everybody. And this is an important pause and deviation from the normal entry to tell you about a spectacular review that Kiana left for us. Right. Love this show and the dynamic Chris and Saeed bring to every episode. So impressed with how well they're able to present complex information and make it simple and digestible for everyday people like myself. You're not everyday, Kiana. Yeah, you, yeah, you are one of a kind. We love you. Right. Plus, I love that I can use this podcast to make sense of the latest financial news and use it to benefit my own finances. We love that, too. Mm-hmm. Saeed a little more than me because I'm arrogant <laughs> the flow of conversation and fun the two seem to have is addicting to listen to and we're addicted to having you listen to well, it we're addicted to these reviews too we are I first learned of the podcast through the sexy Adam on Mind Pump I may have added the word sexy yeah yeah and Chris and Saeed's professionalism preparedness and engaging dynamic is at the same caliber excited to see this show grow and having sat in on Mind Pump both of us right I got to tell you, we are nowhere near as good yeah, as those we're, guys. We're, we're far from it, but yeah. we appreciate the yeah. compliment. I, I, you know, yeah. I will take it. Yeah. And this is where Saeed says. And if you like this show, please go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple or Spotify, and leave us an honest five-star review. Like Kiana. I don't know if you'll be able to accomplish that, but if you do, we'll read it on the show. I mean, Kiana's is, is kind of special. I mean, that's that's hands down the best review we've got so far. Oh, God, it's good. And what's not so good is the U.S. GDP growth. Mm. 
Mm. Got a lot to dive into tonight. A lot to dive into for you. So according to CNBC, U.S. GDP accelerated at 2.6% pace in Q3, Mm -hmm. better than expected, which was 2.3%, as growth turns positive. And for those of you who binge listened to our show two shows prior to you hearing this one, we talked about how we really wanted to see a negative number so we could make fun of the National Bureau of Economic Research. But we didn't predict anything. Thankfully, we didn't. Yeah. And this is this is a great indicator of how weird the economy is. Right. So a little bit of a history lesson real quick is for Q1, we had negative 1.6% growth, mm-hmm. meaning we did not experience any growth. In Q2, negative 0.6%, right? So for Q3, it rose by 2.6%. And I did a little bit digging into this. So the increases reflected were increases in exports, consumer spending, Federal government spending. Yeah. Shocker there. Yeah. State. Which, in- let's just pause. Hold on. Before we go right. farther. That's kind of bullshit. Right? The government spends their money and it increases GDP growth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when and- you play that out logically, the government has been spending a lot of money. So this actually causes inflation to go up. Exactly. And as it causes inflation to go up, they're artificially pumping up GDP. Mm-hmm. And lastly, state and local government spending. So. Which is also government spending. Right. Exactly. Now, why a, a big part of why I believe and majority of people believe we experienced a growth rate was there were decreases in imports brought in, but increases in exports. So that mm. that really helps this figure go up, right? And because we're sending more product out, people are buying more from our economy. Our economy goes up, and because right. we're buying less, and, you know, I mean, I get itch, but this is not good. Not good, right? So if something to take note of, if these were if these were results that we received pre-pandemic right? 2018, 2019, something to be very proud of. You'd be happy about it, right? But yeah, the, the, the economy is growing at a nice, moderate, normalized growth. Right. It'd be something you'd be happy about. But having it now when the Fed does not want to see any growth is not a good thing. Let me tell you exactly why. So to frame this in the context of what this means to you, mm-hmm. gross domestic product may have rose by 2.6% in the third quarter versus the estimate of 2.3%. But no one should feel good about that. We are in a recession. And to control inflation, the economy should not be growing to side's point. This means unequivocally, mm-hmm. 75 basis points is guaranteed come November 2nd on the second day of the next Fed meeting. Right. Wednesday of next week. So what we're seeing now is movement in the markets already. Shortly after this was announced, mm-hmm. the markets all started to pivot. Okay. And now you're starting to see the treasuries rise. You're starting to see interest rate movement. And you're starting to see... The, the economy pricing in what is almost a guaranteed 75 basis point increase. And for those of you who recall, this is the one I was the most sheepish on. Hmm. I was like, you know what? Bloomberg had 50 basis points. And I was, I was kind of, you know what? I, I don't know about this one. And Saeed was 100%. It's going to be 75 basis points. And it fucking pains me to say that you were right. Yeah. Hashtag Nobel. <laughs> Saeed is really pushing for the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Even outside of the show. Saeed and I have talked a lot about the Nobel oh. Prize. It's getting to be uh, like a little obsessive compulsive. I'm just <laughs> yeah, telling yeah. you right now. Bernanke and me, baby. Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, like five years, you could win it. But yeah. you're the first guy to do it with a mic drop. There you go. So this this is not good for the overall perspective. And I think the this was kind of like the last you know print that, that fell before everybody ha- has now unilaterally accepted 75 basis points as mm-hmm. the upcoming that interest rate increase. Right, right. And then... I watched something on Wall Street Journal. They were talking about this uh, GDP growth rate, and they dove into something called the GDP deflator. 
And this I, was this is new to me. I never heard. Yeah, of this I have never heard about the Cedar Rapids. It makes a lot of sense. It's something I think worth noting, right? So, first of all, the GDP price deflator measures the changes in prices for all the goods and services in an economy. This isn't a measurement of just like a basket of goods. It's everything. Okay. Using the GDP price deflator, it helps economists compare the levels of real economic activity from one year to another. Basically, the higher the number is, the more inflation is contributing to GDP. Okay. You have examples? So I got some examples here of what what is is throwing some people off with uh, what this 2.6% GDP growth rate is. So in, in Q2, we had a negative GDP report of negative point. Six percent, but had a nine percent on the GDP deflator. Okay, so the actual print was lower. Is what you're saying? Right. So I mean, that means the higher the number, the more inflation is contributing. So in- inflation contributed a lot to this, and it was still at a negative growth rate. Okay, uh, got it. This quarter we have a two point six percent positive growth rate, but the GDP deflator went down to four point one percent. So it's half. It's half. And, so, and it went half. So less less inflation contributing to GDP. So it's throwing a lot of people off like, wait, maybe what we're doing is is actually working and we're starting to see signs of it. Um, but I don't I don't feel that way because we're seeing consumer spending go up still. Uh, we know that a, a lot of a lot of the growth is like like we said, government spending. Mm. Right. Is there. Well, that's interesting. So I wonder if. Government spending is so large and so recent in the last couple of quarters right. that it's coming off as adding to GDP and that inflation hasn't been triggered yet. So now you're starting to see what looks like a false deflation of inflation. Right. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't think that there the government spending is being reflected as the growth being uh, attributed to inflation. Even though it's causing inflation, it's it's really you're talking yourself in circles, right? Yeah, this is fucked up. Why are you bring this? Yeah, this yeah. I just I, it's throwing a lot of people off, but, and that's what they're they're signing to, and they're they're saying maybe this is maybe because you know how they've been talking in 2023, they maybe want to start holding rates. Congratulations! I feel stupid now. I don't I don't know what just happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel dumb. Yeah, but they're saying 2023 after all the Fed rate hikes. They're, they want to pause, hold it, see how everything shakes out. Now they're saying maybe after this next 75 basis points, we can start holding now. But there's a lot of information that's still going to be coming out from now until then. So, Look, I'll, I'll make the first prediction that I've made in a while. I don't think you're going to wind up seeing this go away quickly. There's a lot of people who are all rosy and optimistic about 2023. We, we talked about March being possibly the first opportunity that it would have to cut rates if they wanted to. I don't see that happening. I don't see anything pivoting strongly enough for them to cut yeah i i see them continuing to hold yeah because we talked about right that jerome powell is trying to mimic volcker right so the fact that we we experienced growth right is yet now another reason why enber's probably not going to come out and declare this a recession anytime soon right so what jerome powell is going to try to do is if he's trying to mimic volcker he's going to try to push us into a recession yeah and this cannot have been an intentional segue did no, you, it did wasn't. You, you know, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. wow. Good for you. Yeah. I just, I mean, some of us are called the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Los Angeles Times, mortgage rates top 7% for the first time since 2002, chilling LA housing market. Mm-hmm. And I will say the last episodes, we've talked about how rates had popped over 7%. There was high at 7.6 something. Really, when you see articles like this, they're referring to the average mortgage rate during the month in the previous month. 
mm-hmm. or the previous week, depending on what the article is talking about. In this case, the average across the country has now topped seven percent. It's mm. the first time since two thousand two. It's a big number, but here is where, and I'll give you a direct quote from the article from the Los Angeles Times, where Volker is somewhat alluded to. Mm. The average rate on the thirty-year fixed mortgage rose above seven percent for the first time since two thousand two, according to a widely watched survey from Freddie Mac. It was last month that rates climbed over 6% for the first time in 14 years. So literally, one month ago, they climbed mm-hmm. over 6%. A month later, they're up 1% more. Right. That is huge. And mind you, to start the year off, it was at 3%. So here's your allusion to Volcker. Only in the early 1980s, another time of high inflation, did rates rise quicker than they have in recent months. Although rates are still below historical average of 7.76%, it's the sudden change that's upending the market. Yeah. And I think we're going to get above that 7.76% for the historical average in the not too distant future. I mean, I'm already starting to see eight handles out there. Right. And it would not be out of character for the last two months to mm-hmm. see another 1% rise. Right. Especially with what we're seeing already moving in, in, in the treasuries now as a response to the GDP number that just printed. Mm-hmm. So it would not surprise me in the slightest if we got into November and had an eight handle. Yeah, I agree. It's exactly what you and Adam were talking about. Mind pump, mind pump, mind pump, mind pump, mind pump. Yeah. So, um, so another piggyback off of that, I don't think we got into the S and P Case Shiller Index that came out. I believe it was last week. I was gonna, I was gonna put this in the show notes, and then I saw that you put put it there first. Uh-huh. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I'm very pissed off about this. You are. So I'm a little <laughs> butthurt. So if I sound pissed off and shit, it's not, so, it's not you, but it's you. Yeah. So home prices are still higher than where they were a year ago, but the gains are decreasing pretty quickly according to the S&P Case-Shiller Index, right? So mm-hmm. prices in, this is a quote from the article, prices in August were 13% higher nationally compared with August of 2021. Yeah. That is down from 15.6% annual gain in the previous month. The 2.6% difference in those monthly comparisons is the largest in the history of the index which was launched in 1987, meaning price gains are decelerating at a record pace. Yeah. I think decelerating is a key word there that a lot of people just kind of miss. I'm going to be honest, and this might be a little bit of a deviation from the topic, but I know anybody who's listened to this, if you have any interest in these topics, you're seeing the same shit that I'm seeing and it's pissing you off. Mm-hmm. I am so fucking tired of seeing people debate the housing issues and the values of homes on social media. What are they debating? Online. I'm not seeing that. They're saying, oh, well, because you don't use social media. You've now gotten on. Congratulations yeah. for welcome back to social yeah, media. You, I mean, it's an amazing yeah, thing yeah, yeah. for you to be on it, but you need to learn how to use it. Yeah, okay? yeah I do. I do. I <laughs> you need to learn how it to takes use me it. so long yeah. to just do one post. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, how do I do this? And you haven't posted in like days. Yeah. It, it's it's like pretty I'm, much I'm, dead, dead I'm, social media. You're uh, not trying to grow. I'm trying. I'm trying. to exist. Be patient with me, please. I'm not patient with you. I'm not the least patient person. That's fine. So there's a lot of rhetoric. I mean, I saw it as recently as today on CNBC where you had, I think it was Sarah Eisen talking to somebody about, you know, we're seeing this, you know, home values may or may not go down. We don't know what's going on. And I'm so tired of this. We don't know what's going on. The National Association of Realtors have declared a housing recession. Yep. Home builders are pulling back. Right. We've cited quantifiable metric after quantifiable metric of home price declines, particularly in the West Coast. Yeah. We've cited so many places of vulnerability. Yeah, new record, new record, new, new record. And, yeah. and we, we talk, now we're talking about deceleration. Why are people still in denial that the housing market is going to be impacted? And it, God, if I hear one more stupid ass person talk to me about, you know, the, the supply and demand 
yeah. uh, situation out there is, is such that when people get used to the, the, the shock of these higher rates, which are totally normal historically, right. then they're going to they're gonna buy because the supply, the, the supply is not out there and the demand is high. Right. We don't have as much. We had 3 million units back in the night. I'm so tired of hearing this shit. Right. Because for, for the five listeners that have been around for a while, they already know. But for the new listeners that have come all on All 13 board, of the new listeners. Yeah, all 13 <laughs> of the new listeners. Demand without affordability. Is not demand. Right. That's a great tag team. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's good. I'm you Wally Wally. you bang bang. Yeah. Throwback. Throwback. Back when Saeed would actually let me introduce the show <laughs> we had, with our well, rap names. We have a consultant. <laughs> our consultant gave us a presidential veto said we were a little bit too urban right yeah, yeah. no that's not what she said she's just like it's a cringe it's cringe it's cringe i yeah. didn't think it was cringy i thought it was good i yeah, like yeah. being jeff goldblum of podcasting yeah only you did though sasha very cohen of real estate Dude, now people have left the show again already they stop it that's very natural <laughs> for me i don't understand you know what it's fine you guys can be negative it's cool it's cool maybe one of us knows you know what people want to hear better okay i'm just saying the ratings are better since we dropped it that's all i'm saying all right all right. According to Barron's, the recession signal that really counts just flashed bright red. Mm. I will say this was a little bit cachet in its, in its title. But what I will add to it is, is this is not the first time a, a signal has, has flashed. What they're really talking about in this article is the inverted yield curve. Mm -hmm. The inverted yield curve is not necessarily a singular metric per se. It just means that the lower timed portion of the yield curve or the lower yield. So like you're two-month treasury, your three-month treasury, those numbers wind up going higher than your longer end of the curve, which tenure. is your 10-year product, right? right. It's almost always your 10-year curve that goes inverted. So let's say you have a 10-year product and you have a two-year product. Your 10-year product, your 10-year treasury should be higher priced than your two-year treasury. Right. If a two-year treasury is higher than your 10-year treasury, mm -hmm. it has a different degree of confidence in what the near-term is versus the long-term. People are more focused on, on the near-term than they are on the long-term. Mm -hmm. And as a result, that's an inverted yield curve. Yeah. Because you've inverted the, the yield right. to be higher in the near term as opposed to the long term. And I won't of, get into the economics. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. I won't get into the economics as, as to why because it's not really important. But what I will tell you is, is this is usually a very big indicator of a looming recessionary economy. Mm -hmm. So we, the two-year and the 10-year have been inverted for some time. The two-year treasuries are much higher priced than the 10-year treasuries are. And it really shouldn't be that way. And that has been a signal of every recessionary economy. I have to go back and look at it. I think the two-year, two ten-year inversions are typically a year and a half to two years before a recession hits. Okay. Somewhere in there. But now, the three-year has inverted with a ten-year. So, Wednesday morning brought another troubling sign for the economy. The yield on the three-month treasury has surpassed that of the ten-year treasury. Oh. So, the, the, the short end of the curve, right. that th the three-month and now the two-year, those are really getting compressed. Right, right. Uh, other parts of the treasury yield curve, the two-year that I've talked about, uh, have been inverted some, for some time. The two-year treasury, for example, yields a 4.42% compared with the 4.01% of the 10-year. Wow. So you can see how that's priced much exactly. more aggressively. Barron's noted in July that when the three-month and the 10-year yield inverts, a recession is a little less than two years away on average, according to the Dow Jones market data. Mm -hmm. However, in 2020, with the onset of the pandemic, a recession occurred one month after the yields inverted. Wow. It's like trying to predict an earthquake. You can't. You can't really predict it. And I'd say that, I mean, granted, the, the pandemic was kind of an unprecedented set of circumstances. And I really do think that was an artificially created recessionary economy. I, right. I don't like that that's called a recession. I, right. I truly don't believe that was a recession. I think we did that. But by definition, ourselves. it is. Right. By definition, it is. But I mean, that had a lot to do with two quarters of GDP 
going yeah. the other way. Yeah. And now we're in total denial of that being a recession now. So I'm like, okay, well, what it's just a it? technicality. It's all it is. It's a technicality, but the last 10 recessions were declared after two quarters of negative GDP growth. Right. And now, even with the pandemic, which is an artificial, I mean, if there was one you're going to argue, that's the one. Yeah. And now here we are with the White House saying, you know, hey, hey wait a minute. Yeah, let's redefine this That's thing. not a recession necessarily. That's not the technical definition. It has been the definition for the last 10 recessions. Right. And yet here we are. I think as of today or was it yesterday, the 10-year treasury was up 23 basis points. Uh, I think it was up yesterday and today. Yeah. And so that's a big, that's a pretty big move, right? It is a pretty big move in the, in the treasuries. And I, I looked at that as solely a response to the GDP print and the anticipation of a 75 basis point increase. Mm -hmm. The treasuries are moving now and you're starting to see a little bit more elasticity. So talked about this in prior episodes where you start to see a little bit more movement in the economy quicker yeah, yeah. because that elasticity elasticity <laughs> elasticity is returning every, i'm glad you said it every, i was about i was about to say it for elasticity you. babies yeah every show i say some dumbass comment yeah, it's like okay. that it's, yeah, it's unavoidable okay. yeah, yeah. it's you like i'm stuck on stupid you can't help yourself yeah <laughs> The sad reality is it's not just the time of night. I do this all day long. Yeah, yeah. I sound like an idiot most yeah. of the day. I don't know why you guys listen to this show. You're allowed, you're allowed to make some mistakes. It's okay. No, I make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, like I, that's okay. I verbally can't keep it together sometimes. <laughs> it, it's just bad. I, uh, maybe it's the alcohol. It's the, no, no, it's maybe not. Maybe it's the carbs. I don't, I don't know. We're drinking strawberry beer like sophisticated gentlemen right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, In this Mad Men studio. It's not, it's not <laughs> our best look. Yeah, but we're here. So I, I think that a lot of these factors are impacting the economy quicker and you're starting to see that, that, that elasticity come mm -hmm. back to the economy. And as a result, when you see these things happen, you're starting to see movement a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. Whereas during the first, you know, you might 25 basis points, 50 basis points, 75, 75, 75 basis points increases. It took a long time for the market to move and it got really, really close to people, the actual data that the Fed just haven't, They haven't wanted to accept it. Haven't wanted to accept it. But now... Banks are getting stressed to a level that they have to accept it. Right. And what I'll tell everybody out there is, is that as the Fed pulls liquidity out of the markets, mm -hmm. they're pulling liquidity deposits, liabilities, as far as banks are concerned, because right. banks have liabilities that are deposits and assets, which are loans, because the assets, the loans make the money right. and deposits that are liabilities, they have to pay people for it right. because it's a deposit rate. Right. So as the liabilities get pulled out of banks, right? Banks fund their lending, which make them money. Yes. Their assets would make them money off of people's deposits. Mm -hmm. And if less deposits are coming in, less loans are going out. Yep. Now, some banks have certain loans and deposits, which is lower, and some of them have it that are higher. They might be able to lend for a little while longer. But at this point, all banks are thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. How do we protect something known as our net interest margin? Yeah. We talked about this on prior shows as well, but the difference in what they're they're charging on their assets, their loans, right. and what they're paying on their liabilities, yeah, their the profit, deposits. The profit that they're making. Is essentially the majority of their, their profits. Right. There is one other area of profits for banks historically, but that has recently come under fire. Which is what? Which is fees. Fee income. Yeah. So President Joe Biden on Wednesday announced a crackdown on so-called, and I'm quoting here, air quotes that you can't see, but I hope you feel. Yeah, someday. Junk fees. Someday. We, yeah, we'll get a camera. But then we have to get dressed this late at night. Yeah. And it's like a whole thing. That's true. So maybe maybe we do it like from the neck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do like a talking head podcast. Exactly. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So these junk fees include new steps that effectively ban banks from issuing surprise overdraft fees and depositor fees on balance checks. Surprise overdraft fees. How is I don't understand. How is it a surprise? Well, if you don't have money in your account and you overdraft, surprise. Yeah, but you, you should know. Fee. But you should know, right? You should know. And that that's how banks have protected themselves historically. But right. 
basically this is 13 days before the midterm elections. Yeah, this is a, a, know, another this, play, another play to gain some votes right before the midterms. From from I would say so again, this is this is this is targeting a certain demographic, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a dick here. No, I mean you're just being honest. This is this is targeting a certain demographic of voter. Mm-hmm. This is not by accident. This is the same thing as for those of you listening to the show, you know how frustrated I have been, and I've been very vocal about. I think the the student debt relief was done terribly wrong. I think the yeah. idea of it's great, but I think the execution was unconstitutional. Right. I understand that not everybody's going to feel that way, but I didn't. I, we cited two scenarios in previous episodes you should go back and listen to, where I talked about you know somebody who, who refinanced to lower their rate, and then you know another kid who got a great job because they were you know exceptional. Right. They don't get the benefit of that. And this is a set of circumstances. Somebody actually sent this to me. It's, it's funny that you bring this up again now. Um, a, a cousin of mine. So he sent me a screenshot, uh, the amount of income you need to qualify or get disqualified for it, which yeah. is 125 grand. Uh-huh. And he made 126 grand. Stop it. Yeah. Did he have student loans? Yeah. What you, that's why he's sending it to me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I feel terrible for him. That's messed up. It is messed up. I mean, that's going to happen with any income restriction. You're going to be on the cusp or not. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's different when it hits so close to home. Yeah. And it does. And I yeah. totally get it. And that, that, that's another reason why it's wrong. You know, yeah. it really shouldn't be an income limit for this. Everybody should get it. Right. You know, if you have student loans and you've been. Now, what if your student loan? Well, yeah, I could go off on a tangent. If your student loans are in forbearance for 10 years, do you, do you deserve it? You know, I mean, like. Valid point. I mean, I'm just saying, like, where, where is the litmus test for right and wrong? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's stupid. And this is one of those, those, those proposed bills that, that, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. If you're in a situation where overdraft fees and these depositor fees and bounce check fees are really that impactful for you, I would say you should have changed banks by now. Yeah. Maybe you should look at your depository relationship and, and better your situation. I understand some of these fees are bullshit, like bounce check fees. But I, I also think this is this is just now the beginning, right? If, if people are starting to experience a lot of this, because oh, I know we've mentioned it on previous episodes, but to bring it up again, we have more credit card debt now than ever before in history. So clearly, yeah. people aren't able to pay their bills, right? Um, I don't think it's just a consumer spending issue where they're still buying. Obviously, things cost more because of inflation, right? So that'll increase your overall debt. But mind you, this is that's surpassing 2008, right? The high right. debt levels. and the interest rate on credit cards is on track to hit the highest level ever as well. We're in a situation where the Fed's, you know, trying to pull money out of the system and now credit card debt's at an all-time high, interest rates are about to be at all-time high, payments are at all-time high. Like yep. what? Then they're, they're exasperating the bank. So now the banks are getting margin compressed. They're not making as much money as they were. And now you're taking away the auxiliary income in the form of, of fees. They're gonna call them junk fees and make them malicious. Not all of them are, are malicious or unfair. Right. So I don't know how they're gonna there wasn't really specifics on how they're gonna actually make I this. I mean, at the end work. of the day, it is a business at the end of the day, right? Like I can't continue to give you free money for and not penalize you. I mean, and then at what point are, that's just gonna get abused. So I'm gonna read a quote from his actual speech. Mm-hmm. Today. My administration is announcing new actions. Do I sound like Biden? No. Oh, okay. so I'm not trying to. To lower the cost of everyday living for American families. To put more money in the pockets of middle income and working class Americans. Mm. Let's pause here. Sounds like he's targeting Let's a certain group. Okay. I, I get the, I get the, the shtick. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking like, how much more money are you putting in their pockets with something like this? And he cites he cites like billions of number dollars like that, that's gonna. But I mean, this is this cut taxes, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like this exactly. is not the way. Yeah. So instead of taking money out of the government's pocket, you're gonna take it out of the bank's pocket. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm a banker. Full disclosure, like you know, this is per- close to me personal, but we one don't of, charge a lot of junk. We one don't of, do this. One of the things that that he and his whole administration ran on right was to. Uh, focus back in on that tax reform act 
And, and when they use that reconciliation process to hit the Inflation Reduction Act to get that passed, yep. you could have focused on that instead. Oh, yeah. Well, let me let me go on. Here, yeah. Here's how he ended that sentence. Mm-hmm. To hold big corporations accountable. The biggest corporation I know, brother, is the government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what do you mean hold big corporations accountable? Yeah, right. Exactly. He's not having an ice cream home cone in his hand. He looks like he's trying to hold one though. Yeah, no, he's he's got a weird (laughs) hand gesture thing. I don't, it's like, I don't know what he's doing. Is he doing like the Jesus pose? No, he's he's, he's fixing his shirt. very weird. So I I don't like any part of this. So some of it, I mean, I guess I get. Biden said at the White House pointing to the unfair hidden fees like overdraft fees, hidden hotel booking fees, and termination charges when consumers switch cable and internet plans. Mm. I didn't know about the hidden hotel booking fees. I I mean, how many of them are really hit? There's like some hotels have taxes or like resort service fees and stuff Mm. like that. I mean, I look at some of this stuff and I go, okay, those fees are there, but don't go to those hotels. Yeah. 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 You know, you don't like the consumer cable switching and internet plans. First of all, I've never, I've, I've switched cable internet plans. I've never seen a termination charge. Yeah. I mean, am I, am I just lucky or like, no, I think uh, for, for a while, a long time, people were locked into those contracts. So, and then they were treating them like cell phones where your new cable company was buying, buying you out. Is that a thing? I didn't know that. Yeah. That, I, I guess. No, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. I've never even heard of some of this stuff. So I'm looking at this going like, okay, I guess this is, this is what we're doing now. So, and this is how he capped it off. And this is where I was like, really? Biden said the new moves on junk fees will immediately start saving Americans collectively billions of dollars in unfair fees. Come on, man. And he said he has directed the administration to reduce or eliminate other junk fees. Sounds like a little bit of a reach. And it sounds ambiguous as shit. But yeah. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know how much money this is really gonna be saving people. You wanna do me a favor, bro? <laughs> Crack down at the FTC on these goddamn calls and text messages from people trying to spam me shit. Yeah, man. I'm that's where how many times a day you get phone calls and text messages from somebody trying to like do some like just nefarious bullshit that's not me, by the way. Yeah. Somebody else. Right. Who's trying yeah. to do some shifty shit. Yeah, yeah. All day long. All day it's, long. You know how many goddamn like I'm I'm my name is Larry something something and I'm running the election and vote for me. Bro, I don't want to vote for anybody who sends me a text message unsolicited. Yeah, right. You are off my vote for list right yeah. now. Public service announcement. So if you post anything up for sale on, uh, let's say, Craigslist or anywhere, and they ask you whether you have uh, Venmo or PayPal, right? And you you pick one. And then they say, oh, sorry, we got the other one. Don't give them any of your information. Okay? Yeah. It's a scam. All right. It's sad how many people get scammed on this. No one should ever be asking you what your information is, your email, all that. So just protect yourselves. So what I'll tell most people is this. My wife actually just sold something on, I think it was Facebook Marketplace. I've never actually used Facebook Marketplace, but mm-hmm. I have an overriding theory when it comes to all this stuff. And I'm a banker. So as a banker, you know, I got a little bit of inside in the fraud. Yeah. She was getting hit up constantly by people saying, hey, um, can I Venmo you? Can I Venmo you? Can I Venmo you? Yeah. And I was like, no. She's like, why not? And I said, tell them cash and watch them all disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Not a single one of them messaged her back. And the reason why is they want to Venmo you more, right? Yeah. And then you give them a product or you have somebody pick, they'll let somebody pick it up or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then it disappears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's fraudulent. Right. Exactly. It's it's a scam. So if you're going to sell something in a marketplace and someone's going to pick it up from you physically, Mm -hmm. always use cash. It's a safer way to go. And if they say, oh, I can't. Yeah, I don't know how much cash you need to buy whatever it is, but if it's like less than 500 bucks, yeah. the ATM is open all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, if it's more than that, I'll wait for you to go to the bank tomorrow and come see me. It's cool. I'll hold right. it for you. Right. I want it now, though. I know. Yeah. You know what I want now? Cash. Right. Let me like, know when you got it. Yeah. I feel like um, people selling stuff online is going to start to pick up to in 2023. 
when that unemployment number goes up. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, people got two jobs as it is now. Yeah. So, I mean, so I was trying to do a segue for the Zillow thing. Yeah, you I, missed it. No, I didn't miss it. You had to hold up your phone to show it to me. I knew what you were doing, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. I had a better topic to switch to other than that. I was going to talk about Zillow in one category, but then I had a surprise on the, on the back oh, end, which I'm, I will give you. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to give you. Oh, now you got me okay. excited. Really? Yeah. Really excited. Sultry voice. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't recall, Zillow laid off about 2,000 people back uh, a couple months back. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a part of a number of job cuts. They closed on their eye-buying division. But Zillow recently cut an additional 300 jobs, citing a, quote, pivot to tech, mm. which to me just says bullshit. But I'm going to read you the article. This one comes from The Real Deal. It's their Instagram page where I get all my great news. Pivot to tech, huh? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> seems kind of weird. Among the impacted by the cuts were Zillow offers advisors, Pennsylvania sales and back-end staff for the home loans and closing services segment. A spokesperson for listing giants, the listing giants said, it still plans to hire for tech roles and would move resources to key growth areas around our housing super app. Mm-hmm. I've used their app. It's not so super, but so whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just I'm more of a Redfin guy. Yeah, for a number of reasons. I, I, their CEO is actually out today doing some good stuff. He's been out for a he, couple months. He's, he's done. I, I I like that guy. Yeah, me too. For no other reason than every time I see him talk about the economy, he's never been like pumping rainbows and gumdrops and lollipops up people's asses. He's always been generally pretty straightforward. And the data that comes from them is generally pretty straightforward. Right, right. Like Unlike him. Zillow. Unlike Zillow. Who's almost completely full of shit. Man. All the time. So how many people do they even employ? Uh, I don't know. You can look that yeah, up. Let me look that this up comes right about one year after Zillow laid off the aforementioned 2,000 employees after it shuttered that iBuying division. So mm. 2,300 employees in, in effectively one year. Mm. That's a lot. And I would say the company's going to have to go through a bit of a restructure. Now, for those of you who don't know how Zillow works. And by the way, real quick, in 2020, it was 5,500 employees. Okay. So so, they cut 2,000 yeah, recently. We, there you math, go. Yeah. yeah. So basically, they cut half their staff. Yeah. I mean, they probably had a little bit of growth in between 2020 and the eye-buying division, but yeah. 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 So, I mean, at least, at least a half or a third. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in there. So they make a lot of money selling leads to real estate agents. Mm. So if you go on a Zillow's webpage yeah. and you fill out a form, even if you don't hit submit, yeah, that, that information's recorded, data logged and sent to somebody as a lead in one form or another. Wow. There's several different lead types. If you call a property. That doesn't seem like a very good lead though. Yeah, there's several different levels of leads that Zillow offers. Yeah. And certain real estate agents will actually pay for a certain percentage of markets that leads come from. They're usually city based. Yeah. Usually zip code. Mm-hmm. So if you you know, have a zip code and you have 50 or 75%, you get 50 to 75% of the leads that Zillow gets in that market. Yeah. But the conversion rate of those are really low. Right. But they charge these real estate agents a lot. Well, I got, I can only imagine. I can only imagine how many real estate agents there are. And if, Zillow's the you know top platform next to Redfin, and they're all going there. So to be clear, if you're using Zillow, it does have good information. I like I go on Zillow from time to time. I go on Redfin. I go on all these websites myself. Okay, not a big deal. If you surf them, you look around, you don't put your information in there, you're not going to get any leads calling you. You're okay. Yeah. But let's be clear. Zillow is a lead aggregator. That is their core business. Yes. Their core business is gathering information from people interested in buying a property and sending it off to a real estate agent, mm-hmm. sending it off to a real estate agent. I can't speak of a god. Yeah. Uh, who's going to pay that, you know, whatever monthly charge they're paying for that certain percentage of leads in that area. Right. And when that round robin call goes to that agent, that agent is going to try to convert you. Right. And get a transaction out of you so they can get that two, two and a half percent commission. Right. That is their core business. Now, mm-hmm. 
if you've been watching the market, you've been listening to things we're talking about, and you've seen the volume drop off as significantly right. as we've seen it, right? You know that real estate agents are getting way less volume out of Zillow. Exactly. And if you own 50 or 75 or even 30% of a market and you're getting way less calls and they're converting way less and you're hurting right now, are you going to pay Zillow's crazy ass fee yeah, for you, those leads? Yeah, you can see why they got to cut jobs because I mean, people aren't paying for it anymore. Exactly. So right. they're just not going to make as much money. Exactly. Now, the other newly laid off individuals. Oh, wow. Elon Musk walks in yeah. to Twitter oh, oh. with a kitchen wait, sink. Wait, wait. He, he cut some people too? Oh, God. So originally it came out as, as you know, he's rumored to uh, be considering letting some people go. And then it was like, they're going to be letting, you know, they're going to be stepping down. But the CEO gone. Wow. CFO gone. All right. So just to wrap up, wrap up so Elon has officially bought Twitter. Close the deal, walks into Twitter, literally holding a sink. <laughs> literally holding a sink. And I saw this video like five yeah. times and I'm like, what in the yeah, I read, I read the headline. I thought it was a figure of speech that I just didn't understand. I was like, what the fuck is going on what here? The, what was the headline? Yeah. Uh, Elon walks into Twitter with this, with a sink. Yeah. Right? And, and it was, was all like, in the news. Like, what does that mean? It was all over the news. Walking with the sink. And then he was quoted saying as he's walking in, let that sink in. I don't, <laughs> I don't like, I thought he was gonna do like more of like the kitchen sink, like everything yeah, yeah, in the kitchen sink yeah. is, go is gone or something like, or like I'm about to throw the kitchen sink at these guys and I'm gonna close yeah. this deal. That's what I thought it meant, right? I, he should have walked in with the Cybertruck window that he broke and said, even this, this place is broken just like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So like that, that would have been just, hilarious. It was an odd flex. In the, and he looked like he was struggling with the sink too. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like you need to get called Bezos. That list, you saw that shirtless photo of yeah, him, man. Call Bezos. Yeah, exactly. Get on what he's on. Yeah, get you know, on He that. knows. He exactly. got the cheat code. Yeah, get on that THT. PRT. PRT. Bro. <laughs> Just like I said in the previous episode. HRT. I was thinking about HRT. Sorry. Hormone replacement therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can smell your testosterone is <laughs> low. I, I haven't said that. No, no, it's not low. We, we, discussed, we discussed this today. So for, for everyone that doesn't know, uh, I know Chris maybe posted something on the socials today, but Chris and I had a little photo shoot. We did have a photo shoot. For the man. re rebranding, because people have been asking, like, hey, man, come on, how come say it's not on the Why cover? Why is it the cover? I mean, I, pre I appreciate you guys for letting Chris know. Um, I would point out our best review ever from Kiana. Didn't say a damn word about you being on the cover. She was perfectly happy with yeah, just me. Yeah, that's why I don't. And I like Kiana. Yeah, so that's fine. I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, fine. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But yeah. I may just make a really, really, really small like photo of you and put it in the background of yeah. the uh, current mind, cover. Mind you, um, Irma, the, our photographer, who's absolutely amazing, amazing. Um, she actually said that I was doing a better job than you. You can't deny that. Don't lie. That's not true. Don't lie. She said that for me. Yes, she did. She did not. She said, do it, do it the way he, he did it. That's what she said. You know she said that. What? No, oh, she didn't say that. Yes, yeah, she did. What crack pipe are you smoking? Is this because we're on the radio? Or like, fuck, it keeps on the radio. radio? Oh, come on, man. Because we're on a podcast and this is what we're doing now. And yeah. you're just going to lie to everybody? No, no, no. Don't, don't lie to everybody. No, don't don't, do this, this. this is a bad way to ruin your integrity well, for I the know. show. <laughs> People come to the show because they want you to be truthful. This is not it, this man. This is it, man. You this know is it. not I'm it. I'm not going to argue with you. We'll have Irma on the show. She'll tell you. If we have Irma on the show, she's going to tear us both a new asshole. Yeah. I can't have that. Yeah, yeah. I thought These I, guys suck. They fucked yeah. around the entire time. Yeah. The whole time, she, I know what she's thinking. They're paying me for this hour. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I walked by her at one point. I swear, I thought I heard her thinking out loud. She was like, these guys are some real losers. Yeah. <laughs> you go to this chick's page, and it's like these manicured models that are like just really 
beautiful and yeah. these dudes who are like yoked and ripped and i mean it's just like celebrities and there's uh, us yeah. assholes yeah, we have I, I, we will not be making your social media we will page. not be making your social media page there is no set of circumstances and to date no photo she's ever taken of me has ever made a social media page and i know why i'm not photogenic bro yeah. i get it yeah, i get yeah. it yeah i did have and she didn't even mention that you know hey chris nice hair transplant you got way more hair now Nothing. yeah yeah <laughs> Nothing. Like, I get a compliment. I come and see you for the second time. I basically have an afro compared to what I had before. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, dude. Exactly. I know you noticed. I know. So those pictures will hopefully be coming out soon. Yeah. And uh, we have a couple of special uh, photos we may be using for the cover. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah. We're, we're, still, we're still in the process of figuring out. We're trying to see what our wives will let us get away with. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my wife's not even going to look. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, look, I don't care about your, your album but, cover. Yeah, yeah. That thing you do on the radio that you say yeah. you do. Just make sure your wedding ring is visible. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. exactly. There you go. <laughs> Which is what Saeed's wife actually wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is like, just don't tell anybody you're married because I don't want to be associated yeah. with this. <laughs> <laughs> Since we've already transitioned to pop culture, I, I am I am more and more shocked by a lot of the stuff that Kanye West has been doing. But man, there's with, so much. There's to so much here. to unpack. And I don't want to get into like half the shit. But what I will say yeah. is, he is now worth less than a billion dollars. He's lost because he partnership lost, with Gap. And the Adidas deal is what Adidas deal up. down. Balenciaga gone. Right. Agency gone. Is Honda uh, Sports, right? Honda Sports gone. His academy. Right. I mean, damn. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's losing it all. It's and I think we both agree that we I've heard enough people say, like Charlemagne has said it, who knows him pretty intimately. Um, they like each other though. They seem really heated when they have conversations. All, like on again, off again. You know, they they both understand they need each other, right? Necessary evil, right? Uh, um, but Charlemagne adamantly believes that no, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a, he's the same guy that will say some wild, wild, I wild I shit. I don't think you knew this. There's no, you cannot tell me. You cannot convince me that the shit that he's been saying recently and the things that he's been doing has. has I'm not co-signing. Well, obviously, we're not co-signing anything he says. I and mean, he's completely nothing in the wrong. he says. He, what I'm saying is this: this has gone way past. I mean, there's some things in the yeah. past where they've seen. But you're talking about a guy. You're talking about a guy that has consistently put his foot in his mouth, and it's gone. He's gone further and further and further, and every single time he's been able to pull himself out. He's not pulling himself out. No, he's not. But yeah. you got you're, you're you're talking about a guy who's been diagnosed with you know being bipolar. So let me ask you the question, and then this is what I was getting to anyway. Without getting into the nuances of how crazy the last several years have been for him, why hasn't cancel culture canceled him yet? It's a good question. Even now, with these these companies parting ways, you haven't seen the why wave. Why did it take this long? I mean, well, even, like, even, oh, even, no, even that. No, 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 no. Those companies parting ways, okay, fine. They, they parted ways. But this is still, there hasn't been a wave of people like hashtag cancel yay. Cancel yay. There's no, none of that is happening. Like, right. I mean, when you saw like. He's still making his rounds on like different, yeah, pla- different look, platforms. And let me show you like a, a great example. So like, uh, remember Shia LaBeouf back in the day? Yeah. He got canceled like overnight. I don't even know what, what did he do. So allegedly it was sexually assault essay stuff. And, uh-huh. and he, um. There's a whole thing that he he did that was kind of crazy. There's some stories that come out. And because he's now, I think, a, a, a Catholic or Christian or something, and he's been on a couple podcasts, uh-huh. he's been very open about how he felt that he did some pretty wrong things to some women and that he was in a really bad place. But he talks he's about trying, that He's now. trying to own up to it? Okay. He's trying to own up to it. And he's lost his whole career. And, and I'll Same say, way. like, the, the stuff that he did, it sounds like it was bad, but it, he was never convicted. He never charged. It wasn't necessarily in the public light. It was other people making comments. I'm not trying to justify anything. Not justifying anything. I'm just comparing like evils, right? right. So Kanye has literally done this in front of. There's no debating. This is the stuff that he said and that he's doing. 
Right. There's no like with someone like Shia LaBeouf, he's like doubling you, and kind of doubling and tripling down. Right. So un, un, unlike someone like Shia LaBeouf, who was canceled immediately, like yeah. Ky, he was canceled. Right. I mean, this guy was gone, mm-hmm. and he's just now starting to come out and talk. And even then, he's still not well received. Like he was canceled, and rightfully so. But what I'm saying is, is like Kanye has done this himself. There's no debate about whether it happened or didn't happen. Not canceled. Right. There's no like you know hashtag cancel yay. There's outrage. People are offended. Right. But why not? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, clearly, he's got has some mental challenges that he's trying to get over. You know the. But does that make it okay? I mean, no. people that are hearing this shit are still going to have like it's going to no, have no, an no. impact. It, it is, and it's inciting violence. It's inciting hate, which obviously. I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I I loved a lot of his music, especially the old Kanye. Right, I did. Yeah, I know. I, I love the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. I did though. Like the everything up to like Watch the Throne, like those albums. I was a big fan. Yeah, like you know, call it call it drop it, all that stuff. And then there was a pivot. Fine, whatever. I try to listen to some of his new, new music. I wasn't a big fan, but I don't want to listen to his music anymore. I won't even I won't even use his music that often. Like on social media, when I'm just posting a picture and I always add music to it. Right. I actually caught myself today. On I the, hesitate on the way to the studio. A song came on and I just I skipped it. It just feels weird listening. It, to it. feels weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard to you know the 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 medication that people that have like these manic episodes and um you know who have been diagnosed with being bipolar. The crazy thing about it is when you have you ever listened to like an interview on this or people that go through these manic episodes. I I know I have a, a close personal friend that is bipolar. Oh like, wow! Diagnosed, diagnosed, and she struggles with it a lot, and she's very open about it, and she's been very communicative, and I can tell you that. I understand that it's not just you give it somebody medication they treat it. It's it's a lifelong well, here's, challenge. Well, here, I get this, that. This is what I want. This is what I wanted to get into about that. Is what's crazy about it is of like of all the things that you get diagnosed with and you get medication for. When people who have this disorder are going through these episodes, they don't feel shitty or bad. They they feel really good inside, and they yeah. believe everything that they're saying. They just feel like they're being misunderstood, and they dig themselves a deeper hole. And yeah. this is the one thing. This is the one diagnosis, right? Uh, maybe I'm sure there's others, uh, but when you take medication for it, it makes you feel worse. It takes you away from feeling good to now feeling shitty, right? No, I mean, look, I get that. So and, that's and probably not... why he doesn't want to take the medication in addition to, you know, you heard the rumors that he doesn't want to gain weight or whatever. I don't know if that's it. So is there nobody in his camp, nobody around him? Is... So you... God, Dude, I, we, know, I... we know this. He's surrounded by yes men. He's surrounded by a bunch of yes men, and if you don't agree with me, you're out. So again, and this is where my mind starts thinking about history, okay, and repeating right. itself. I look at pop culture, I look at the economy, I look at the world that we live in. Remember Britney Spears? Yeah, that was sad. Sad. Shaved her head, fifty-one fifty. Okay, just stop right there. Those two facts. Kanye looks like a homeless man right now. Yeah, he looks like the beard, like the look. He and and I don't know. If but then, look- but then, if you go back, if you believe what Charlemagne's saying, it's that it's calculated. Okay, calculated or not, when does someone step in and say, this is dangerous not only for you, but for us as a society? You've got yeah. too big of a platform right. for you to be saying this I heard, shit. I heard him on an interview on uh, Lex Friedman's podcast, right? Oh, I didn't see the whole thing. Oh, it was, a, it was a really good one. And like he obviously, you can't keep Kanye on topic. You know, he's bouncing, he's bouncing around. And every time, Le- and I thought Lex handled it very, very well, right? Mind you, Lex is Jewish. Right. So he had to sit there and take all those shots on the chin and just try to have an honest conversation with him. How'd that work out? Not very well. 
Obviously, you're not getting through to somebody like this, right? But he was trying. He tried. He tried his best. Was this the show they did La 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 thing? Was, no, that was different. That was something. No, else. this was this was, was this was this, this was literally a couple of days ago. Yeah. And um, when when Lex brought this to his attention, like, do you understand that this is causing a lot of harm and a lot of people had to go through a lot of pain? You talk about the Holocaust, and he said, he says, well, what, what's your thought on the genocide that's currently going on in the, in the U.S.? Look at all the abortion rates. It's affecting my community. See, it's like, I, see, I don't like that. I don't like that corollary, though. That's, that's obviously not, that's not, no. That's we not. don't know, but that's my point. You can't even have a conversation with him. Yeah, and look, that's that's bravado, ego. That's a lot of things besides bipolar disorder. Right, but, man. It's uh, sad. It's, it's sad. It's, it's sad to see like that level of success. And, and, and this is the part that gets you thinking, right? So, and this is kind of really why I brought it up. Not really to talk about all his other issues, but yeah. success can be really driven by passion. Mm -hmm. And his bipolarness has a passion element to it. Like, mm -hmm. It seems like when he loves something, he loves it hard. I mean, look at Kim Kardashian. He's still in love with her. It's clear. Mm -hmm. The world knows that. You know, and shout out to him for for him having the manhood to, to do that. Where a lot of men get your know, pride and ego up, and this guy seems like he has a big ass ego, but apparently not with this. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but so much of entrepreneurship is passion and believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Look at Elon Musk walking in with a sink, yeah. closes this deal after all the turmoil. Right. I don't know that he's a better human being than than Kanye West per se, but he certainly has his life together a lot better in some ways. But then he's having babies with other people and and you know selling off all of his real estate and living in a boxable building yeah and, whether that but that could be consensual and you know we can't we, there's a lot there that we don't know okay so is this eccentricity is, is that the right word eccentricity yeah is is this is this level uh, of psychological profile related to this level of wealth accumulation you have to be a little crazy to be there is that what is that what we're saying i think aside from his geniusness in is he a genius? Music. I don't know. No, in producing music. Well, in producing music, he's hands down one of the best to ever do it. Right? You, see, you mean Dr. Producer. Dre? Producer. Dr. Dre's a genius? Yes. Producer. Well, okay. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about like him rapping lyrically. I'm talking about him producing you a rap. Babyface is a genius? Uh, no, I mean, well, that's getting into semantics, right? But no, but they're, they're all big time producers that have touched all, a yeah. lot of people. No, but I think Kanye's Kanye's different, right? Was and different. Man. Was was different. But I think he thinks that bleeds over into other things in his life, right? And I think what he's really good at is just keeping his name, right? That's why he wears the hat. Have you been seeing him walk around with the hat 2024? I actually saw him with a 2023 hat on, and then it switched to 2024. Okay, so he both, did, did right? Did somebody tell him that the midterm so clearly, he clearly he, he, he tried to run for president, whether he actually tried to or did it. Obviously, we knew he wasn't going to win. Um, but... That was just to keep his name in the conversation, That's, right? That, yeah. And so if he continues to do that, his name continues to stay relevant. But you lose credibility. This, this is, like, is what this he is like does, every movie though. star in Hollywood. How many movies, other than, well, first of all, The Rock has been a, kind of a rare exception to this. And I think because mm -hmm. he's so likable and seems so genuine and honest that people tend to relate to him. But for most celebrities, yeah. whether you're in the music business, whether you're in television and film, you... You do a lot of a lot of work, mm -hmm. and then you have a hiatus period, right? Because you can become too desensitized and too reoccurring in the media, and you lose your cachet. Yeah. So it's not uncommon for Tom Cruise to come out and do a big ass film every couple of years and step back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you know, I was reading on G. He doesn't, but he doesn't want that. that. I watch. I bet you this. After all this, next year he drops an album. 
everyone listens. They want to see did he go crazy? Is it? Is I he, don't know that everybody is listens. He still, man. Is he, people have been saying I, that about I, him. I stopped listening to a lot of his albums. I, I haven't even listened to his full albums in the I, last couple albums. I'll, well, I, I think you're uh, of the minority in that, right? But it's racist. <laughs> well, me. <laughs> um, but. I think um, I I personally don't think that I will because this is now it's gotten way way too far. It's just honestly it's it's sad. It's sad, but you know what? I don't know, dude. Like I look at I look at business. I look at I look at all the things that that I see people do. I look at the economy. I look at all these things, and I I see something as polar as this, and I see a lot of people giving attention to it. I don't think they should. I see his Instagram numbers continue to creep up. I, I mean, I've seen him. His account grow from you know ten million like I think it's eighteen million now followers. People are feeding into it because now and everyone's tuning in. See, he's getting more eyeballs. That's the thing. That's what I think. That's his goal. That's what he wants. So my question still remains: Why hasn't cancel culture come for him? That's a good question. I don't understand. To be honest with you, I don't understand a lot of like cancel culture. They pick and choose who they want to cancel, who they don't want to cancel. We're not going to get into what's right or what's wrong, but the whole concept of cancel culture is is it's hard to understand. It is. It's 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 a movement, but I don't necessarily understand it. And maybe I'm not like the, the right age or demographic, or maybe I just haven't seen enough people that that I've been close to canceled. Right. But it's certainly been an interesting kind of kind of ride. I'm sitting here while we're talking about this, scrolling through Yahoo News mm-hmm. and a picture of Kanye West. No, dude, I'm telling you, I think this is this is what he wanted to do. We, he wanted to get out of his Adidas deal. He didn't understand the rippling effects this would have. I don't think he thought. Wow. I don't think he thought everyone else would continue to drop him. People from his sports agency would leave and nobody wants to sit down and have conversations with him. I mean, yeah, dude, he's uh, radioactive now. And, and maybe maybe this will calm him down a little bit. But um, So now we have Kanye West, who owns Parler, right? Which we haven't seen any follow-up with that. We got Elon Musk, who owns Twitter, mm. now private. And you've got Meta which Mark Zuckerberg has taken a massive hit. I think it was $100 billion or some crazy-ass number. Right. It, was, it has to do with their ad revenue, right? Ad revenue, just in general, their spending and kind of the stuff they've done is all going to pull back. But right. he's lost, a ma- I mean, all the tech CEOs have. The tech sector's been hit really, really hard by the economy. Mm-hmm. And then you got the statement by Elon Musk saying that he didn't buy Twitter for you know, uh, growth uh, opportunity or for revenue, he he bought it for quote humanity. You see this? Oh yeah, because he he wants to be able to protect uh, freedom of speech. He wants to protect freedom of speech. He wants to be able to to have an open forum for communication. He said that, that he understands that it's not universal, but at the same time, you have to police it on some level. He didn't use the word police, but that's kind of what he was referring to. A lot of interesting stuff, but bird is free do you think someone's gonna someone's gonna buy this uh nft <laughs> you heard about the guy who lost <laughs> that, that's why i brought it up yeah, he spent, yeah. was it uh 2.9 million that's what i think 2.4 i think that's what he told me yeah, so yeah. 2.7 million 2.4 million dollars on the first tweet from jack, jack dorsey. dorsey yeah is now losing 2.4 million dollars in the first tweet from jack dorsey <laughs> <Yeah>. because it's <laughs> falling off and this is this is why the crypto bros hate you, man. What do you mean? Like, come on, bro. You're going right after we're, them. We're going out. I'm stating a fact. I, it, it's a fact. How am I going after them? You you looked at me like so drunkenly. I'm stating a fact. <laughs> uh, this is why you're gonna get the crypto scam sooner or later, bro. They're gonna find you. You're on social media now, bro. You gotta watch what bird, you say. The bird is free now. Free the goat at real Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't think Donald, doesn't he have his own thing too? 
Uh, he does, but I think people just what's called see him Truth or something back on the platform. But yeah, I'm not on any of that. I'm not on any Truth Social is what it's called. Yeah. yeah, I'm not on any of it. I don't. I don't plan to be on any of it. But what I think is interesting, and I want to see what happens with Twitter, is that Elon Musk has come out and said that that he he thought that everybody should have a verified account. This, would help, this would help eliminate the bots, right? You submit your driver's license or whatever it is, your identification. It should, maybe be, very, it should be very easy to do. You all have, everybody has a verified account. So if somebody's commenting on your post and it's uh -huh. not verified, it could be a bot. It probably is a bot. There you go. Right? Mm -hmm. So, or somebody who wants to be anonymous and isn't attached, you would be a lot more credibility in a verified account. And I sit there and go, that could be very challenging for the social media landscape. If you're on Instagram, your verified account, it, it's kind of like a big deal for some people. Mm -hmm. For me, it just means that people tell me how much my account's bullshit all the time. <laughs> you got a blue check mark, so now people are trying to find a way to take that away from you? No, it's constantly like, why do you have a blue check mark? Well, let me explain to you. Yeah. Uh, I tried for two years to get it because I thought that it would add some value. And mm -hmm. it didn't. It did. had a lot of value. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody tells me that, you know, it means, it's, yeah, it means that you're, you're, val you know, you're verified. It means that you're important and that you're a notable person. You got some notoriety. And I'm like, does it really though? Yeah. Because every asshole that comes across my page tells me it's fake. Mm. Your followers are fake. Your comments are fake. And I'm like, bro, I got like 47,000 thousand followers. I get this many comments on average, blah, 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 blah. You're not even boasting about it, right? No, I don't. And, yeah. and I'm just saying, like, look at the metrics of somebody who's got like 100,000, 200,000 followers. And you look at their comments, they're all like emojis. <laughs> they're all like one word dope yeah and it's like come on man you obviously paid a service for this yeah yeah you yeah. know and it, like, how am i the bad guy here right but mm. it just it's just what it is man it, it's all fake until you make it like you know the guy ty lopez right you heard about this guy no who's that ty lopez was like one of the first quote influencers and people like attacked him online because all of his cars were leased and he was faking it until he made it oh wow well now he's the guy who bought bodybuilding.com Oh, okay. He, he Who owns, hasn't been he, doing very well? He owns like Pier One, and like so he 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 actually made it, faking it till he made it. And now he's kind of he was all over social media for a long time, yeah. And now it's kind of somewhat vanished from it a little bit. I mean, he still got profiles here and there, but and he lives in Puerto Rico and does the whole like crypto bro circuit and oh, the whole thing. Yeah, but, yeah. But he's essentially vanished because he he made it. He faked it until he made it. Then he made it. Cashed then out. He, then he dipped. Yeah. He's like, I own all this stuff now, yeah. and now he's trying to syndicate deals. Where instead of like buying real estate in a syndication structure where he gets yeah. a pool of investors together, right? He's buying companies with syndications. Oh, okay. what he's to do. Guaranteeing returns which are completely unrealistic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially know, in this market. Yeah, in this market more than most. Well, actually, depending on the time of the horizon, you know, maybe if you have like a five or seven year horizon, you, you could probably get some good returns in buying in this market if you bought a company that was struggling. Yeah, if you can somehow flip it around and keep that company afloat for the next but i would say years. all the companies that, that he's bought and that he owns like are you gonna turn around pier one imports i don't think so definitely not now oh man my mom was heartbroken when they closed out and the one by the house really really she loved pier one i shopped it too i'm not gonna lie but i'll tell you that i don't know there's a whole lot of value in that model yeah yeah people people want to go so you know what model does really really well home goods Home Goods does really well. Because they make you feel like everything there is a quote discounted or exclusive and they have the exact same shit at the exact same price yeah. in every single store. Mm. It's it's a fake discount store. Right. It's a fake it's discount. It's what it is. It's yeah, like yeah. a fake discount store. I mean, like yeah. you go into Costco, you know you're getting deals, right? This is, mm -hmm. We all know that. Right. But you go into some of these stores and it, it's built to look like a liquidation. Yeah. But yeah. it's not a liquidation. What a hustle. It's a hustle. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like Nordstrom Rack selling stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like, oh, 
quarter price is this. And you're like, wow, get a deal. And you buy it. And you're like, yes. And sometimes you're like, six, six months later, I come back, got the same deal. Same deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. I'll like, never forget that. Same thing, hap- same thing happened to us when my wife and I got married and um, we're, planning, we're planning our wedding in advance and sh- we're trying to figure out where we want to go for our honeymoon. And we, we go on the Sandals website. It's like 65% off right now. Yeah, right by now, and I'm like, I'm telling him like, oh, let's let's sit back and let, let's let's see. I have never been to a sandals resort, and then and then I'm not gonna lie to you, it was great. Was it? Yeah. Um. Um. And would you Bahamas? go again? The Bahamas. Yes. Oh, I, I remember when you went on it's, that it's trip. Really, it was it was pricey though. It was really expensive. My, and then mind you, it was a uh, it was a gift from my mom. So she got us like the butler with it and the suite, like really nice. She, she, she the the, yeah, it was nice. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna. It was and it was great. It was not a lot of people at the resort, but. Um, we decided to hold off and let's wait a couple of days, see what happens. Sure enough, three days later, same deal. 65% off. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I get it. Travel right now being up 45%. My wife, oh God, see, I tell the story, no matter how I tell the story, I'm going to sound like a douche. So mm-hmm. anybody who wants to call me arrogant in reviews, fine. God, such an arrogant guy. Yeah, this, this is the one story. So my wife, um, called American Express Centurion. We have a Centurion black card, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they turned us, so I, I literally asked a question, like, look, I don't think we're getting all our, our usage out of this thing. Like, everybody talks about how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not Jay-Z, I'm, I'm not a rapper, but, you know, I feel like we should get some perks. I mean, you know? yeah, right. And we got this amazing rep named Heidi. And mm-hmm. they, so the way they sign you, like, a team of people that are available 24-7. Oh, okay. And Heidi was not in our team. She was outside of our team. I think she was filling in for somebody, but she was amazing. Right. What made her so amazing? So my wife calls her up and says, hey, we're going to Orlando in November, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. take our, our son to uh, Disney World. Oh, wow. And my sister and her, her kids are going. And she's you guys like, are going there for like a week or what? Uh, about a week, go, yeah. You got to go there it's for about a while, a right? Yeah. It's kind of like Disneyland where you go in and out one day. Dude, apparently it takes like 45 minutes to like an hour to get into the park. <laughs> like the tram in is like a whole like thing. Yeah, yeah. And like so people just literally have like everything they need for the day on them because they you can't go back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I'm already going like, fuck. <laughs> like, I, this sounds like too much work. It's okay. We, yeah, we literally go to Disneyland like every week. You're like, going, you're going, yeah, but it's different, man. Is it though? I mean, it's for Carter, man. He's gonna be, he's gonna be happy. No, no, he's I'm, gonna I'm, be excited. I'm gonna do the whole like, you know, happy dad and all that stuff. But yeah, so <laughs> it just seems like a lot of work, bro. <laughs> like he's three. He's not. I mean, what time of year? What's it like over there? That November, Thanksgiving, cold. It's cold. My wife's like shopping online for a poncho for me today. She's like, they don't have any extra freak size large on this for you. <laughs> extra. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thank you, babe. Yeah. So we call up and this, this lady was so amazing. And, and clearly, I mean, it's domestic and everybody here is like in the U.S. I think they're like in Florida. So I'm like, I don't mm. know what this customer service is, but it's all domestic in the U.S. for this number, right? And this lady literally finds us three first class tickets to to florida all uh-huh. all under points i don't pay anything out of pocket oh wow she used to work at the resort we're going to coincidence whatever my wife gives my wife on the phone with my wife for an hour and a half like breaking down tips wow like how to how to like i used to work at disneyland i can tell you that and i'm just like what the fuck how cool breaks everything down for my wife my wife is like over the moon like happy about it then she tells us that because we have the black cars and we have centurion yeah, we can go to the private terminal LAX instead of going through like the normal terminals. I don't even know what that is. I didn't either. Yeah, and maybe I'm an idiot. I didn't know. I feel like all the people with black cards know about the private tunnel. Apparently, not everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, 
I'm like, what is what does that mean? So I'm now I'm on the phone with Heidi. My wife's giving our son a bath, and you know she's been on the phone. And I'm looking at the phone. Like, she's been on the phone an hour and a half with the chick, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, the private terminal. You go into uh, there's a private. So we're basically where the private airport is, where the, everybody has their private planes and everything else. Mm-hmm. You go to that side, and there's like a private like club. Yeah. That all the celebrities typically go through because they don't want to be seen in the normal LAX terminal. Oh, my bad. So, uh, not a celebrity, but they have a saloon. Yeah. Uh, or salon, depending on how you want to call it. Basically, where you can go in, it's like a bar and everything else. You also get private rooms. How cool. For normally, for for us, it's free, but it, normally for, you know, quote, Amex members, it's like 550 bucks yeah, yeah. Uh, for, per visit. But if you get a private room, you can also get like your haircut, a massage, like meals. Cool. I think else. I think where this ultimately like gains its value is it makes it a much more enjoyable process for Carter. Well, because we went when we went to Hawaii, dude. When we went to Hawaii last year, there was a five-hour delay, and we had to entertain four kids at the gate for five hours. Five-hour delay. Five-hour delay. Every wow. hour, every hour, got pushed out another hour. Got pushed out another hour. Got pushed out another. Wow. Five hour, dude. Me, that, that miserable me, shit. <laughs> me and my buddy that that went, we had the kids doing sprints. Which, we had the, which airport? We had LAX. We had them do like. Oh, you were in LAX going to Hawaii and have five hour delay? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can you imagine? So, yeah, the experience would be much better for Carter. Well, yeah. And so they have their own private TSA. Yeah. So you don't actually. So what they do is they, they go through your own private TSA. There's obviously no line. It's just you. Mm-hmm. They put you in a black car and they take you to the gate and they put you on the plane. Major be, key. Before everybody else. Yeah, I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Have you a plus one? <laughs> I got plus two, unfortunately. <laughs> as it is already. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, there's a whole world of stuff available to people out there you don't know about. Like, you got to ask. Yeah, I would have never known. Yeah, like it's crazy to me to think like you see all these paparazzi shots, of people walking through LAX, right? But when you think about it, when was the last time you saw that? No, I've never. It's, I've never, it's I've, been a long time. Yeah, you're right. It's been a long time since you've seen like paparazzi celebrity oh, photos. That's probably shots. why they started it. That's probably why. And I, LAX, is, I think, is the only one that has it. But it's crazy to me to think that there's things like this out there that are available, like a certain level of concierge service that's out there that you just don't even. Yeah, know I never about. even knew about the TSA pre-check, which I think is you know much easier to get for for most people that you could actually get right. I have clear now. I use the biometric scanning. Yeah, you use that? No. Yeah, so you go through and they t- they do like your retina scan, they do the fingerprint scan, all that stuff, and you can it, you go through and they escort you all the way up through. TSA. Yeah, and that's just what like five hundred bucks. Uh, if you have a MX Platinum or above, they they credit. Yeah, the, the fee. Clear, yeah, clear is included. I think I remember. Yeah, you told me about that. That's that. That's awesome. What's what it's really good for is when you come back internationally, mm-hmm. they just scan your hand and you go. You don't have to wait through immigration line bullshit. Yeah, that line is crazy. Yeah, you don't mess that line at all. You literally go right up to the clear machine, you put your hand in, do the retina scan, and then you dip. Mm. It's amazing internationally. Yeah, If yeah, you're yeah. going international and you don't have clear and you wait in those lines at LAX, you'll do that one time. After like, that, lo- after that long flight, yeah, forget yeah, about it. Long-ass flight is the worst. Yeah, yeah. That's turned me on to, I felt stupid as shit today because I found this out too. She was like, oh, do you have the, because um, you get a free uh, Equinox membership with the card, right? Okay. $300 a month they pay and you get all access gym membership, which you can go to any Equinox in the country. Okay. For free. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, um, you know, I got, I got this membership, blah, blah, but they have this executive membership there. Like, how much more is it? Like, I mean, is it worth paying for? Because I get a dedicated locker and laundry service and everything else. I remember you used to get that at the 24. Yeah, at 24 Fitness. Yeah. That's different, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 low level shit. Yeah, they didn't have free fruits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's um, it's $15 a month. I'm like, I'm sorry, are you saying one five? And she goes, 
Yeah, you're 15. I'm like, you're not saying five, zero. I'm not, I'm not, I'm she, not she, my ears a little stuff. Wait, wait, she's not saying 1,500? No, like, yeah. $15. I made her say it 10 times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why don't I have that? She's like, I don't know. Yeah. For $15 a month, I get this executive free valet, the whole thing. I'm like, the locker in, its, I'm in like, and of itself. What are we doing? The locker in and of itself makes it worth it. Yeah. So my wife's now going to upgrade her machine. When are you going to give me all the stuff in your garage gym that you don't, you're clearly not using? That's hurtful. Well, I'm saying you, you're working out, just not at home. No, I don't, I don't work at home. I have the Peloton. I'll start, I want to start using the Peloton again, but I don't know, man. I, it's, <laughs> it's turned into like my son's like storage area and my wife's like, I'm going to sell this shit area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so where we used to do the podcast. Remember those days? You know how we used to, have to like, like try to navigate through all the bullshit in my garage? We'd, have to, we'd, we'd put the fan on and just put it on like level one so the sound wouldn't come in too loud. Oh, we were roasting our asses off? Yeah, we were. Exactly. It was a sauna in there. It was a sauna there. We, we probably should have turned the red light on and you got some red light sauna the whole time. Right. But we didn't do that because it was stupid. But stupid. But yeah, now you can't even get over there. There's just so much shit that you can't even get over there. Man. Yeah. It's basically like the Tesla hit their shit and like way, way in the back is like a garage gym that you can't use. Yeah. Do so you want to buy it from me? $10,000. No. Absolutely and not. Pandemic I just, pricing. I, I just want the easy curl bar. Easy curl bar. Is yeah. Best. Is it rackable? It's rackable. Oh, wow. That's the one I want too. It's not rackable. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rackable one, that's where it's at. I'm sure people that are listening to this now at about an hour, eight minutes are going like, is there any economic information in this yeah, podcast? The f- what the yeah, fuck's no, going on here? No one gives a fuck about <laughs> yeah. your rogue setup at home. Yeah, stop being a dick, Chris. Next review. Chris is arrogant and an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about black card perks that like, nobody has. No, I, I, apparently there's a lot. I so I talked. Well, to the, I know you. I know you mentioned in the past that uh, even uh, a lot of the perks are shared with platinum card members as well. They're almost all the same. People just don't know about it, right? So, so if you, you have, have a pl- if you have a platinum card, this this might be uh, might be for you as well. Actually, this might be economic related. So let's just have this conversation. There are a lot of cards that are good for points. Mm-hmm. If you're in the American Express kind of interest category and you want to go into that space, the gold card is the way better card for points for points i want to be clear with that okay right. oh, okay if you upgraded the platinum you're gonna get shittier points but you're gonna get way more travel perks right hotel access some credits for things even like equinox to a lower degree mm-hmm. some access to like um you know airport terminal stuff like that if you travel a lot that's the way to go a lot of people will upgrade from the gold card to the platinum card because they want to have a platinum card because it's obviously the next best up and i gotta have that and I would tell you that is largely a waste for most people, particularly the points conscious people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do travel a lot and you do use the perks, mm-hmm. you got to make sense of it. I don't remember what the fee. I think, I think it used to be like five fifty. I think they increased it to like seven something. I don't even know what the hell the fee is. My uh, my cousin has it. And he was telling me about it, and he really gets a lot of good use out of it because um, him and his girlfriend always go to Vegas, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of perks with some of the Vegas hotels, and they get they get like uh, massages at the spa and whatnot, and it really, they really get your money back. So if you, if you, you, what you have to do when you look to upgrade any credit card is you have to look at their annual fee if they have one mm-hmm. and try to figure out how much money you're going to make back from using those perks and you have to actually use them. Yes. If you don't actually use them, you're wasting your time upgrading. You should stick with like a really good points card, like for example, the MX gold card. Mm-hmm. There are other opportunities out there that are that are much cheaper. Yeah, you could get other ones like with some airline companies and gain some points to get some free travels. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who like, there's a lot of hype in cards like this. So I would say that American Express by far and away is a really, really good marketing company. Mm-hmm. 
that is truly what they are. They're they're an amazing marketing company. Right. But there are credit cards out there that offer similar perks that nobody even knows about, like the JP Morgan Palladium card. Yeah. Basically like a platinum card. It's just as heavy. It's, you know, but Sapphire Reserve? Uh no. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. JP Morgan Palladium, you have to have like ten million in assets or something like that. Oh, that's great. I've never even heard of that card. Yeah, most people haven't. They've rarely seen them. But basically it's a it's a platinum colored card. Mm-hmm. It says palladium on it and and it has essentially almost all the same perks as the American Express card does. Although the American Express has started to differentiate themselves with the Equinox and some of the other stuff they've offered recently, mm-hmm. private terminal stuff like that that the Palladium card doesn't have. But that card's annual fees, like I think last I checked, it was like six hundred bucks or five hundred something bucks. Oh wow! So compared to like the Amex one, which is five thousand dollars per card every single year, right? It's it's a it's a big difference. But yeah, you got to use the perks. So really look into that. But anybody who's living under like the fallacy of like, oh, I'm going to get these cars and people are going to be like, oh my God, it's going to open up so many doors and stuff like that. I would, I would say that is not at all accurate. Yeah. You never pay with your card physically anywhere you go anymore. Right. And if you, if you do, you're just tapping it anyway. You're tapping it or you're putting it in a machine somewhere and nobody ever sees it. So unless you're mm-hmm. like going, hey, I'm going to pay this with my black card. I'm paying this with my black card. It no must, one's going to see it. It must make that tipping a lot harder too. Motherfucker, you got a black card? You don't want to tip me? No one even looks at it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot of cars that are black that are not that card. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of dudes rolling around with fake cards. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's a thing? Oh, I, come on. I've had people literally show me, is that a real one? Is that a real one? Here's mine. Can I see mine with yours? And you're like, why? Because I want to compare it. And I'm like, oh, oh. that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had this conversation. Yeah, we won't yeah, get that, it. That happened. That happens yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. That's so. funny. All right, my friend. We are uh, about an hour plus deep in this episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Before we go... Did want to talk a little bit more about the photo shoot today. Okay. That was your first photo shoot? It was my first photo shoot ever. It was very, very awkward. Did you, you, you did good at the end. No, you no, did. I think you she said it better than you. I know. It was good. I don't, I don't recall that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, something that I think we're going to get to look back on down the road and really laugh at. But So, as a teaser to anybody who's listened this far into the show, mm-hmm. is there a front runner? For a photo you want to see as an album cover. A front runner? So for the listeners that have been with us for a long time, you, we've we've teased something that we've wanted to do. Um, to remake uh, a cover of one of our, I want to say one of our favorite movies, but a movie that we really like and find find hilarious. Uh, it's the Step Brothers cover. I might, I might want to lean towards that. Really? Yeah. The one that I sent you earlier? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man maybe very i don't think i don't think i don't i don't think people will take it seriously though i don't not not that they do now you think anybody who's listening this far in the show takes it seriously at, the, <laughs> at this point everyone's like you talked about kanye west in, in a finance related podcast yeah and yeah entrepreneurship then he talked about black cards and yeah yeah in private terminals right no but the photo this shoot, guy's an asshole this guy's an asshole no the, the the photo shoot was was a lot of fun um like i said earlier irma was great um, I can't wait to get you know the photos out, do the rebrand, get cameras in here, get on YouTube, see where the show really goes. Wow, you're like literally giving me a checklist of shit to do at the end of the show. Yeah, exactly. Your honey do list. Ah! <laughs> I am not your honey. Yeah, I'll give you something you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. 
This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.